In the very early hours of the morning on the first Good Friday, Jesus is put on trial by the Jewish leaders. Moments before, he had been betrayed into their hands by one of his closest friends. Betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Betrayed by greed. Jesus' trial is illegally rushed through in the early hours of the morning when the official courts were not in session. There were no formal charges brought. There are no witnesses allowed for the defence. False witnesses are manufactured. It is a lynch mob, a miscarriage of justice, a kangaroo court. The Jewish leaders are out for blood. They are out for blood because Jesus had been publicly scathing in his assessment of their leadership. He said that they were lovers of money, lovers of public adulation, not lovers of God. They're jealous of Jesus' popularity and his influence over the people. Jesus challenged the very fabric of Jewish society and religion. He claimed to be the Son of God who could forgive people their sins without the need for the customary Jewish sacrifices. The Jewish leaders have no real charge to pin on Jesus, and so they say he must die for this claim to be the Son of God, which under Jewish law is blasphemy and must be punished by death. But if Jesus really is the Son of God, then how can he be guilty of blasphemy if he's telling the truth? It's no blasphemy to say that God is your father if he really is your father. In fact, it would be a blasphemy to say that he wasn't. The Jewish leaders convict Jesus for telling the truth. Now, throughout Jesus' arrest and trial, it looks as though the opponents of Jesus are the ones in control. Jesus is the one in chains. Jesus is the one in the dock. But in reality, it is Jesus and his Father who are the ones in control. Jesus could have said nothing and gone free, but he goes to the cross by his own words. We see that in John chapter 18, beginning at verse 3. We read this. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am, Jesus said. If you were a Jew and you wanted to claim to be God, you would say, I am. That was God's name in the Old Testament. And this is exactly what Jesus is claiming because we read, When Jesus said, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. The arresters are arrested in their tracks when they try to arrest Jesus. 
Jesus' enemies are powerless when confronted with the power of God. There was no force on earth strong enough to take Jesus against his will. The only way he was to be taken was if, if he was going to allow himself to be taken. He voluntarily lays down his life for the sin of mankind. Now Jesus is so in control that he determines the kind of death that he will die. A thousand years before Jesus is born, God prophesies that the Messiah will have his hands and his feet pierced. We see that in Psalm 22. They pierce my hands and my feet. This was predicted hundreds of years before crucifixion was even invented. If Jesus was killed under Jewish law, he would have been stoned. But in the first century, the Jews were occupied by the Romans. And the Jews were obliged to have the occupying Romans conduct their executions because they were in charge of law and order. And so the Jews send Jesus to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. And under Roman law, perpetrators of serious crimes are crucified. Their hands and their feet are pierced by nails. Nothing took place that God had not sovereignly planned. By murdering Jesus, his opponents fulfill the very event that God had planned before the beginning of time. Now Pontius Pilate, he stands over Jesus with the authority of the most powerful empire on the planet. Jesus stands before Pilate with this claim. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus makes Pilate palpably uncomfortable, doesn't he? You see, Jesus, as he stands before Pilate, he is, he's probing Pilate's soul. Pilate must decide whether he loves the truth or whether he loves lies and darkness. We heard in our reading, Pilate said those famous words, what is truth? He says, I find no basis for a charge against him. The evidence points to the fact that Jesus is innocent. Pilate himself acknowledges that. But if he lets Jesus go, a riot will break out. Word will get back to Caesar that Pilate cannot control things. He will lose his position. And so given the choice between an innocent, uh, an insignificant Jewish man dying and Pilate's own career taking a nosedive, well, Pilate chooses for Jesus to die, even if he is innocent. Pilate ignores the truth and he caves in to the pressure of the crowd, doesn't he? Pilate sacrifices Jesus on the altar of self-interest. Truth is not his highest 
priority. He's more concerned with keeping the status quo, with keeping the peace, with keeping his job. So Pilate subordinates the truth to his own personal preferences. Pilate had the privilege of standing before the one who is the truth and who will later prove it by rising from the dead. But Pilate will not submit to the truth. Pilate is staring the truth in the face and yet he refuses to believe it. Pilate was not a skeptic, he was a cynic. A skeptic won't believe a truth claim until there is sufficient evidence. A cynic will not believe a truth claim even if there is sufficient evidence. Pilate doesn't care what happens to Jesus. And not caring about the truth makes you just as culpable as opposing the truth. Not caring about Jesus makes you just as culpable as opposing Jesus. And so it looks as if we're witnessing the trial of Jesus. Jesus is the one in chains. Jesus is the one in the dock. But in reality, it is his opponents who are really on trial, aren't they, in the heavenly court. They think they're judging Jesus, but Jesus is the one who will be judging them for how they judge him. Judas is more interested in money than he is the truth. The Jewish leaders are more interested in their status, in their reputation, than they are the truth. Pilate is more interested in his self-advancement than he is the truth. And the claims of Jesus go beyond the first century, don't they? He is claiming to be the truth. And so his claims confront each one of us. Every soul has to make a decision whether you will listen to the truth, whether you will be on the side of the truth. And we too are on trial in the heavenly court for how we deal with Jesus. Do you love money more than you do the truth? Do you love your reputation, your status more than you do the truth? Will you subordinate the truth to your own preferences? Jesus says, if you want to be on the side of the truth, listen to him. 